You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into another edition of the Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel. I'm John Vogel, your host, and today we're going to be getting into the College Gridiron Showcase. Uh, this was an event that happened the last couple of weeks. We we talked about it. Jarvis and I talked about it on the All Star. Well, almost lost my microphone there. We talked about it on the All Star episode where we broke down the the All Star events and which ones are the best to go to, which ones are the best to handle. Uh, and the CGS is one of those that's been around for a while now and has been has provided an impact uh, to the NFL, but not just there, the CFL and several other leagues. So uh, we got Mike Riddleman, the director of scouting here, joining us. But first, Shane, let's hit that intro. Let's get this thing rolling. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Draft Vogel. With the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the first pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, with the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the sickest NFL Draft show, it's going to be sick. Sick, sick, sick. And as all the shows are on the Sick Podcast Network, we are presented by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use DraftKings code SICKSPORTS to get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5 on any NFL bet. We've got playoff games. It's playoff time in the NFL. Uh, so make sure that you get go ahead. If you're not already on DraftKings, get on there. Take advantage of this offer and because the crown is yours. Uh, Mark Jarvis will be hosting here with me today. Mark, uh, how are we doing, dude? Doing pretty good, man. Awesome. And so uh, it's it's another last week we were talking about the hula ball and we were really excited about the measurements and everything that came out and we got measurements again and this time we got a director of scouting to join us, Mr. Mike Riddleman will also be on the director of scouting for the College Gridiron Showcase and Mike I appreciate the time how are you doing? I'm doing well thanks for having me on fellas. Absolutely it was a it was a no brainer as soon as uh you know we were talking about the measurements we we're talking about the event yeah. and all that. And uh, yeah, no brainer to get you on here. You you're a really well connected, dude. Uh, you've been around the ACFA for a while, and you've been doing this. But so, tell us a little bit about the Gridiron Showcase and what you know the the history of it. I suppose would be probably a good place to start. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, love talking about CGS, and uh, so first and foremost, Jose Jefferson and Craig Red, who are the two co-founders, have created something very special. This was year 10 for the event in Fort Worth, Texas. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, hairball there. But, uh, you know, but it's been a special event because it it caters to the 
low around type of guys. And, you know, I, I joke around with people. My, my two-year-old son can tell me the top 200 players in the draft every year. Those are the guys that are going to the Shrine, the Senior Bowl, and everything like that. But, you know, I, I, I saw a stat a couple weeks ago that NFL rosters are comp- – uh, 30% of the, their rosters are comprised of, like, fifth through seventh round undrafted free agent type of guys. And that's our niche market for CGS. And, you know, so, you know – we cater to the NFL. We cater to the CFL. The UFL, UFL is that the new league name now? Mm-hmm. I, yep, that's it. Okay, um, and then the IFL, and then uh, you know, arena leagues and all that. So we want to cater to all the professional leagues that and give these guys an, uh, an opportunity to showcase their talent. How I got started was as an intern. Oh man, you're now you're dating me back, dating me back here. Let's say. Hey, Seven years ago, I started as an intern. I was running around. Uh, we have scout runners now. That was me. I was running around getting players for teams, and, you know, I was a coaching assistant on the field and loving life. And, you know, a couple of years later, Craig and Jose, you know, I uh, said, you know, gave me more and more responsibilities, and now they gave me this fancy title of director of scouting. But, no, it's it's been awesome, um, you know, just to be able to be in communications with, college programs around the country and, you know, the FBS programs, the FCS programs, D2, D3, NAIA, even the Canadian leagues, the Canadian colleges up in Canada. I mean, Theo Bennett is a freak at offensive tackle for British Columbia. You know, shout out to their staff. I saw them at AFCA. They were awesome. Um, You know, so being able to communicate and then communicate with the NFL teams, the CFL teams, all these other leagues. I mean, it's, it's been an awesome experience all in all in its own. Jarvis. Yeah, I was I wanted to kind of ask about that because like you said, you you communicate with all of these teams, you communicate yep. with all these different college programs. How much does that influence you guys decide to invite? And then just in general, kind of, you know, like you said, you guys get more of that niche, you know, later round UDFA yep. type of player that you might not necessarily know who they are going into the event. And then you look and you know, four months later it's like, Hey, that guy's on a you know, a ninety man. Oh, hey, yeah. he may- squad uh how do you yeah. kind of go into figuring out you know who you guys want to invite it's a lot of hard work mark i mean <laughs> that's a great question um you know a perfect example of that is gunner alshaweski who's a cgs alum he came to the event as a db he was an all-conference db at bemidji state uh was actually a baseball player there too he was a catcher um and then made the transition to wide receiver with the patriots became a all pro kick returner punt returner a little rough go in my hometown, Pittsburgh, but, you know, I, I still love Gunner. Awesome dude. But uh, now he caught on with the Giants. But now it's like kind of those finding those key factors, those key trait factors. And also with our, our scouting team, uh, our partnership with Tracking Football is phenomenal. You know, getting that data, analytical data, of the, the background of the athlete itself, my goodness. I mean, Mark and his team do a tremendous job with that. Um, so really doing your homework, talking to the right people, talking to the coaches, uh, talking to the teams that might be interested in them, you know, um, even talking to the agents. Agents play a huge part in the all-star game process because they put guys on the radar for us sometimes and, you know, just talking with them, getting that information. So, again, a lot of input goes into an invite with us. Gotcha. And, and you mentioned tracking football, and that's another thing I was curious about because you kind of mentioned, you know, Gunner had a varied background. A lot of these guys you see, they kind of come up and surprise you. They have that varied sports background, particularly a lot of those guys have track backgrounds, right? And so having something like track and football, you can kind of go, hey, right there, if I know this guy's running a sub-11, 100-meter dash, 
hey, he's pretty fast for our level, you know. So uh, how much does that Absolutely. influence your guys uh, going through well, and just talking? Yeah, no, I mean, it, any good information is great information, in my opinion. So because, you know, tracking football, what they do, they, they look at the whole athletic background. So if he was a wrestler, a basketball player, a baseball player, you know, that, you know, of course, track. But, you know, that we kind of put that all together in our decision-making process. And, again, if we bring in 250 to 300 kids a year, you know, of good quality athletes that professional teams want to see, we, we better be doing our due diligence to bring those guys in. So tracking football and these other partnerships that you have, they help you through the entire process, not just the week of, right? Yeah. So is that, that's yeah. what it's kind of sounding like. Absolutely. Mark and his team do a tremendous job. Like we'll have our, our scouting meetings throughout, throughout the year, the off season. What we usually do is we'll put our board together starting in you know late July, early August. And that's mm -hmm. a, that's a huge board <laughs> per se, because you're looking at all divisions of football and um, you know, kind of we'll, we'll, figure out that first round of invites in early October. Okay. We'll start sending them out, you know, and then mid October, late October going into November, we're our board starting to formulate. Okay. And uh, you know, it, it, it's a process in itself. And, and again, you're looking at all divisions. I mean, FBS, FCS, you know, those are kind of the two mo most prominent ones, D2, um, D3, you know, a lot of talent there. And then NAIA, you know, um, and then the Canadian leagues as well. So, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's a process to build, but it, it's a fun process in my mind because let's face it, football, football is, is my passion and, and, you know, it's been an awesome, awesome road to travel on. So you talked about making, talking with scouts, talking mm -hmm. with coaches, talking with agents. And yep. so, you know, you, I think, I don't know if you mentioned it in the, opening break but off before we start recording you went to the you go to a lot of acfa co uh conventions yeah i was just at afca I, I work with a company called sports connect um you know that's my my day job and you know, everything that's great and then a lot of those guys a lot of those coaches know me as mike from cgs so you know it's mm -hmm. it's a great mesh um to build and you know i was at afca with my company stack sports i work on with sports connect um phenomenal event if you haven't been to it I, I highly recommend um you know it just the sheer number of college high school you know coaches personnel all in one place and nashville is a great place because i was in nashville in august for the personnel symposium i went with tracking football uh, support them and it was my goodness, that, that that was a fun time in itself. So, uh, you know, getting out to these events, networking, I always tell, you know, people trying to go into the industry, network, just be yourself, you know, being able to talk to as many people as you possibly can. Well, not, sign, not, not, not trying to sound like, you know, you're above them or anything like that. I, I love talking. The game of football has brought me so much and I love talking about it. So being able to network on a daily basis, you know, with, Everyone, at, you know, again, from the NIA, the high school, all the way up to the FBS level and pro levels has been phenomenal for me. Awesome, man. Jarvis, before we move on to the next part, you got anything else that you wanted to ask about the background CGS? Um, no, not anything particular in the background. I had some more specific questions for like this year's event and then maybe a little bit more process oriented stuff, but not in terms of just pure background type stuff. All right. So go ahead and hit, hit him with your next one, Jarvis. 
Okay, so obviously we had a little bit of a bombshell get dropped by the league office heading into this year where we kind of weren't sure what the what the event would look like, and it did look a little bit different this year compared to last year. Uh, I don't know how much you can talk about that as far as just what all went on behind the scenes, but I'd be curious if you could share any of that. Yeah, you know what? Um, it, it was a long process, but you know, I, I credit Jose and Craig, I mean, our, our leaders of this organization for getting it through and, and getting it, and getting everything accomplished. So, I mean, I can't go back and go in the, the nitty-gritty part of things, but what they did with their leadership for, for CGS in general, we got it done. We got the scouts there. Was it tough at times? Yes, um, but I, I truly appreciate their, their leadership uh, throughout this process. Gotcha. And could you expand on maybe just the, how the how the event looked different this year compared to years past in terms of length? And yeah, we, we, we had a game. We had a game this year. Usually it was an OTA-style format. We had a game. You know, uh, it was a little bit shorter this year. Um, we have some ideas going into next year. But, again, it was still, you know, fluid, the uh, quick process. You know, a lot of reps. Uh, the guys in practice, if one guy said they didn't get a rep, then I, I, I'm not sure what happened then because – um, we had four quadrants for one-on-one pass rush inside it, like in the uh, one-on-one one -on -one run game and guys would rotate, you know, the offensive line would stay, but you're getting a different look at different defensive defensive linemen. And it was a quick process that the teams loved it too, because <coughs> they could sit in the middle and they can watch all this happening and they can go to one quadrant to another, not walking across the field trying to look at the guy. And I, I mean, it was, you know, we were quick, efficient, and we're, you know, we got the reps done. And 10 years experience putting this together for these types of guys. I'm sure that there's a lot of feedback that you get every year from scouts. Absolutely. Absolutely. From people. So, you know, when you talk about the ideas for next year is, was there a reason that the CGS had stayed with the OTA style format as long as it did? And I mean, is that something that you're going to continue to do in the future? Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about it. You know, again, we just want to make make sure we're, you know, with protocol for, you know, the, having the game and everything with with the NFL and everything, but like that. But we can – we'll definitely have, you know, discussions on, you know, what we can improve on, what more exciting things we can add to CGS and then so on and so forth. I mean, yeah, you're correct. We get, you know, tips every year after the event and then – we all, as a staff, we just want to kind of decompress after that week, next couple of weeks, kind of self-evaluate for the event from your perspective, and then we'll all come together in the next month or two and say, okay, what are your thoughts? What did you see? And get that kind of different uh, perspective from the staff internally, and then we'll go from there. But, you know, 10 years is a long time for an all-star event running efficiently like LCGS has, and I'm, I'm excited for what's on the horizon for it. The last thing that I want to ask you about with, you know, the background and stuff yeah, was absolutely. I wasn't there in 2021, uh, but I was working with your media partner at the time. Rest in peace. That was a crazy <laughs> network, wasn't it? Um, and, and, you know, we got the opportunity. We got the opportunity to see a lot of really good guys. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, because so that year you had the NFL PA Bowl shut down, the Shrine Bowl shut down due to COVID. They weren't able to get their games going. You guys found a way to get it done. Yep. And you were able to bring in a lot of extra guys uh, and a lot of NFL teams. And I think you had all but the Rams there, right? Yep. yep. So when you look at how that year sort of in the long grand scheme of things, was that the year that really helped keep this thing running and brought it to the level of prominence where it's at now? 
You know, I, I think with COVID in general, no one knew what a, a path it would, would create. And, you know, so the talent we got from that, that specific event was, you know, exciting. You know, we had Nate I Bob. remember Quinn Miners was there. I mean, like. Oh, Quinn. No, Quinn actually got invited to the Senior Bowl a week or two before, and which was awesome. You know, so we did initially invite him. Uh, he had accepted, but then he got uh, invited to the Senior Bowl, and then we were pumped for Quinn. So we were like, yes. And I talked to him, and I said, go do your thing in Mobile, and look what he's doing now. And, um, you know, we had Nate Hobbs. We had Derek Forrest, who's now the starting safety with the Commanders. Um, uh, Zach Davidson, who was a fifth-round pick mm-hmm. uh, with the Vikings. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Jake Funk. With the Rams, you know, yep. another Rams reference. Jerry Jacobs the, with the Lions. Jerry Jacobs, yep. who I still can't figure out why he ended up as an undrafted free agent, but <laughs> I, my man can ball out. Um, but, no, a ton of talent. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that put us on the map because of just our reputation in general. Um, before that, you know, we, we provided good quality players, but, you know, that, that did help us that year, you know, we, we, with the talent we brought in and again, Craig and Jose have done a tremendous job of doing, bringing talent to the event and making it, uh, fr- uh, you know, scout friendly, you know, with having scout runners, bringing the, uh, the players to the scouts, so you know, not, they're not chasing them around, um, just a bunch of other qualities too. So, I mean, that definitely, you know, uh, on the chart made us go up even more, but I, I I think with our just our reputation in general, just hey, we we bring quality talent, we host a quality event. You know, I think that's helped us in the long run. And that's one thing I've heard consistently about your event is the fact that the interview process is so good for yep. scouts to work to get the access to the guys, and, yep. and you know, it's just it's it's smooth, it's efficient. So yep. congrats to you guys on all that because Thank you. Thank I've you. heard nothing but good stuff. Oh, thank you. It's it's a lot of hard work. This when you look at this year's event, some guys that stood out. Jarvis, I know that you got a few guys. Uh, I know that I got a few guys. Jarvis, is there anybody Absolutely. that you want to start talking? Fire, about? Yeah. fire away! I, this is this is I, the fun I, part now. I got one question. I'll kind of throw, and I'll tie this into the first guy I'm going to yeah. bring up. Uh, and I'm going to get the measurements here because I, I want to make sure I got the measurements right. I know. John, you were looking at this guy, too, and this is a guy that he caught my eye. He was at Vanderbilt uh, last year and then transferred to Auburn. But big, big dude, Elijah McAllister. Yep, Elijah, uh, great kid, man, great kid. 6062, 265, 34-and-a-half-inch arms, 85-and-a-half-inch wingspan. Now, the Love question I kind of wanted to pose was, you know, he wasn't necessarily this high-production guy, wasn't yep. always playing all the time at the level that he was at, but you look at those measurements, you go, that's an NFL defensive end right there, you know? How do you kind of figure out inviting a guy like that who maybe is at a higher level who hasn't gotten that type of exposure versus a guy who's maybe like an FCS All-American who maybe doesn't have those measurables? And then if you wanted to just expand on just Elijah in general, I mean, that's a pretty freaky body type. And overall, like you said, he's he's a good dude. (laughs) Well, I think first and foremost is you have to have you have to have talks with your scouting team. Okay, you know, again, everyone has to be on the same page. Um, you know, th- there's going to be tough decisions made, you know, regardless of making a roster for an all-star event. Let's not get that pa- past that point. But I think, you know, with Elijah's background, being a, a good rotational player at Vanderbilt and Auburn, you know, playing a five technique, even playing stand-up at Auburn. I mean, you, those are the traits you want to bring in to the showcase scouts. And 
again, you want to showcase talent, a, a, a different variety of talent. Okay. For example, for edge rushers, you want tall guys, you want short guys, stout, you know, lean, anything like that. So you want to bring a variety of talent to that. Now going on to Elijah's case, like I mentioned before, he had, you know, a rotational, you know, defensive lineman at Vanderbilt, high character guy, high character quality guy, great to talk with. But again, 6'6", six, six and uh, let me look the weight here, 265 with an 85 and a half wingspan. I mean, that's you're, you're that's going to pique some interest of teams right there. And again, you know, looking at he might be a project guy bringing in. You know, you never know. Again, you want to showcase that talent because at the end of the day, you're not making the decision on what happens next for that guy. You want to be able to provide a quality event with quality talent at that event. So, we thought enough of Elijah to bring him in. And again, he checked all the boxes for traits. And then again, great character guy. Great to talk to if you ever have a chance to. Uh, what he does off the field with charity work and you know everything like that is awesome. So um that's kind of our perspective. But you know, Elijah in general, I mean, seeing being able to stand up and in, in, in a two-point stance at Auburn and in a five technique as well. So brings a lot of qualities there. Is there like when you as you are you as a scouting department, when you look at players, uh, I'm going to use Real Mitchell as an example because Real yep. was a guy that you know I watched play quarterback at Temple. Yep. Before he goes to San Diego, and now he's playing. He's trying out wide receiver. Yep. You know, is that part of your process? Is that something that you guys are evaluating yourself, or are you bouncing that off with scouts and trying to figure out what they want to see? It, it's you never want to be caught in a box like this. You want to get every. You want to get perspective from everyone, and you know Real's background, and then. Also, a uh, fun background learned from his agent, uh, the, uh, the American Gladiators uh, Netflix documentary. So that just came out in 2023. His mom was Blaze, actually. So <laughs> she was on. She was on the documentary, and I just recently recently watched it. I was like, no freaking way! And it, it was awesome. And you know, real another high character guy. You know, at the event, got to talk to him. So. Um, just his athletic background, being able to bring him in. So, yeah, I mean, you, you got to talk to your sources. you got to talk to the scouts, agents, coaches, anyone that you that can help you make a good quality decision in inviting a guy for our event. And the other thing to, to add on to that, do you ever sit there and look at your roster sometimes and certain guys that you guys bring in and sit there and go, how did – how did we get them and not somebody else? Do you ever do that? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. I just make sure we, uh, us and Craig, me, Craig and Jose and our team, we just want to make sure we bring in uh, good quality guys. But sometimes, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the talent. We Once we see him on the field, it's like you take a step back, you're like, holy cow, he can play some football. <laughs> so it's like, all right, um, you know, we, we found a good one there. Yep. There are three defensive backs coming into the event looking at the roster that I was really excited about. So uh, Marcus Banks of Mississippi State, I was really surprised. I was really surprised he wasn't. He was there. Uh, Shaheem Battle at North Carolina State, and then Miles Battle at Utah. Uh, The fun thing about Miles, before you go into your question, I apologize for cutting you off. No, go ahead. His first full year at corner. Mm. So that so first full year at corner. Yeah, and he was a twelve game starter at corner. So. You want to talk about traits? My man's got some traits. Is that is that part? So those three guys, when you look at, you know, those are all coming from Power 5 schools. Or yep. I guess from this last year we can really say that, right? Power 5? 
Sure. It's a power pour uh, now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so you got, you know, North Carolina State, you got SEC, you got yep. Pac-12. And when you kind of look at those guys and what all, what what did they bring in and, you know, what was the attention? What did all that look like for them this year? I think, you know, the quality of experience they've had on the playing field, you know, all, th- all three of them. And even Miles, I mean, he played, I mean, the, the first game of the year playing at corner, you're going against Florida. I mean, like, here you go, man. Have, have to it. So, um, no, I, I think they're um, – and Marcus is kind of more of a safety type, if I'm, I'm, I'm thinking correctly. And then, you mm-hmm. know, you know, um, you know, I apologize because I'm trying to figure out of 230, 40 players. You know, yeah, in, no worries. My Rolodex here. But the corners are Shaheem and, and Miles, but they're longer. And, you know, the experience they've had and we're looking at the new age of NFL now, you want corners who are long and tall. And I think Shaheem was at 6'1", 184. I'm not even looking at my screen. And then a battle was 6'3", 2 something. Yeah, 6'3", 201. Right on. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> I, can, I can remember that, but I can't remember to take the trash out. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm not even looking at my screen here. So, um, uh, I, I think the length of the corners, you know, it, it, it is exciting because if, if I, personally, if I had a six three corner, I'd be happy as all get out. But you know, having that, and then Marcus is just a instinctive football player who can just flat out play ball. And you know, I, I think at the end of the day, teams are going to look at him and be like, all right, yeah, the, this guy can play. So. Yeah, I, I think all three of them, you know, just their experience alone playing at a high level competition. I think that that's that's a that's a kudos to them. John, I've got a couple here. I'm going to throw in. First off, Mike, can you explain to my wife how we can remember these measurements, but not the trash? I got to have some backup in that conversation. <laughs> Mark, I wish I could, man. I wish I could. Um, I wish I could. John mentioned uh, Real Mitchell, a yep. guy switching positions, right? Last yep. year, you guys had uh, Braxton Burmeister switching yep. quarterback to wide yep. receiver, right? So yep. what all goes into these types of pos- position switches uh, when you're kind of projecting them to your game? And then also, are there any guys that kind of really stand out to you this year in that type of role of guy who switched positions and look pretty good at your event? Yeah, I mean, it's all up to the player. I mean, we're, we're not, you know, it, it, because at the end of the day, their decision – is going to affect them or how their career, their trajectory of their career starts off. I mean, if they want to try out, you know, receiver, you know, say they're running back, they want to try receiver or vice versa, anything like that. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I think it was my first or second year at CGS, we had Tyrone swoops at the event. And we all know Tyrone from being the five-star Texas quarterback. He came to our event and that was the first time he was playing tight end. And he had a, a career with the Seahawks and everything like that. So, again, it comes down to the players as that. And then one that um, I want to highlight, actually, Mark, uh, is Colson Yankoff from UCLA. Um, kind of a do-it-all-everything do type of guy because he was a quarterback at Washington then transferred to UCLA. Got some carries at running back, you know, got some catches as, you know, receiver, tight end type of, bo- type of body. I think he came in at – 6033 230 nine and a half uh inch hands 31 and one arms and you know 78 and three quarter wingspan so I mean those are you know some 
nice traits right there for measurements. But again, you know, that's the type of guy that can be your Swiss army knife of uh, different, different avenues where he can play at the next level. There's another I one. See, I, wanna... I see your, uh, I see you, your Mormon missile. I raise you with a Bruin bruiser. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I was going to say, there's a guy that, uh, and I'll, I'll tie this into a question kind of about COVID. There's a guy that I've been tracking for a couple of years, yep. a little bit undersized coming out of Pittsburgh defensive tackle. You probably know the names popping off your top. Of your David, head. Green. David Green. David right? Green. David Green, man. That's my guy. That's and, my guy. Yep. Pittsburgh's had a lot of these guys come out, right? Maybe they're yep. right at six foot, maybe a little bit under, maybe in the 280s, maybe not, not the longest guys. But these guys that keep coming out of pit at defensive tackle, they can move, right? That's yep. kind of their niche, right? Yep. Um, and so, one, just thoughts on David Green, because I thought he was a very interesting guy when I watched him uh, a couple years yep. ago. I thought maybe a PFA caliber guy, a guy who just had that kind of instant juice as a pass rusher yep. you don't usually see for a lot of these defensive tackles at college level. And then also, I know David Green went back to school. And so it was a longer process to get him to your game. How much has COVID impacted your guys' process overall? You know, um, it, it's Im- impacted everyone on the all-star game circuit, you know, and I, I you know, I, I know this is going to be a cliche answer, but, you know, we just kind of, uh, we figure it out and we adapt, and, you know, everyone, you know, I, I tell kids, if you, if, if you have the ability to go back to school, you know, take it, you know, if you can think you can raise your draft stock, go ahead and do it, you know, and again, at the end of the day, it's, going to be your decision you know uh, that's not I'm, I'm not gonna tell you what to do whatever you feel more most comfortable with you know go and go and and do that you know um david phenomenal human being uh does a lot of work outside of the football field around the pittsburgh area is from pittsburgh played at pittsburgh central catholic um you know uh, you hit the nail right on the head mark i mean uh, Charlie Partridge, the defensive line coach at the uh, University of Pitt, does a phenomenal job de- developing a defensive lineman. Uh, they have a lot of rotation going on up front with that. Uh, David, you know, a little undersized, but he has the quick first step, in my opinion, uh, and can provide with a little power as well, you know. Um, so I, I'm going to be excited to see David's journey go throughout this process. And, and not to make a comparison here, you know, obviously that, like I said, these Pittsburgh guys, a lot of them come out, they're around the same size category. Right. It's one thing, I mean, maybe I just was lower on Kalijah Kansi when he came out. I don't know how much of him he probably watched, but um, I watched those two guys and like just not to, not to give this comparison. One's a first rounder. David Green's probably not going to be a first rounder, you know, but the, the gap didn't seem that wide. Right. Do you have any thoughts on those two compared to each other? Kalijah is a freak. <laughs> Kalaj is a freak. Uh, he's just a freak athlete. And, you know, you're playing D1 football at that level and you're a first-round NFL draft pick. He's a freak. Um, David, you know, very good football player. But Kalaj is on a different level. And, uh, you know, David is, you know, whatever he puts his mind to it, he's going to have a good career regardless on or off the field. But Kalaj can play some football, man. He's a freak. So <laughs> hopefully that answered your question. He's He's had a good year with the – Fucking yeah. years. So, you know, yeah. um he was a guy like to can see a lot there for a couple of years watching him. He was amazing. Uh Jarvis, you got any other anybody else that you want to ask about? I've got one more player. Yeah, I've got one more I want to throw out here. And again, this is a guy I've kind of had my eye on a little bit. Um Christian yep. Duffy from Kansas State was Love really, him. really surprised Love he get like maybe a shrine or, or or something a little bit higher up like a hula, because I was like, dang, this guy is just really a I mean, he's a three-year starter at Kansas State, 
offensive tackle, but he probably has a guard body. Like there's just so much to his game. We go, wow, this guy is long. He's physical. What, you know, how excited were you guys to get him? And then I was jumping for joy, Mark, to be quite (laughs) honest for you. I was jumping for joy being a O line D line guy with coaching background. I was jumping for joy because he, I think the crazy thing is I saw he was like a 48 game consecutive 48 game starter. You don't see that often. Um, I Christian Duffy can play some football, man. Uh, you know, uh, can get after in the run game. I thought his pass pro, you know, was you know efficient. You know, his mechanics were there. Um, you know, so I was, I was very very excited to answer your question. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was happy to get Christian Duffy, and he did not disappoint either. So I I, I liked him a lot. And, and I'll throw a kind of a tie on question to that too. And that's just how much do you guys value that experience? How much do you value guys who are those, you know, oh, 30, I, 40 from, the, from the, from the offensive line perspective? Yes. Because again, you're, you're getting that experience and everyone's always talking about, okay, you know, you need to develop offensive line. We need to figure out a way to develop offensive linemen. I mean, the guys played 45 career starts, you know, consecutive starts. I mean, that, that's a feather in that guy's cap and being able to do that. That's, that's phenomenal. I mean, from the offensive line position, uh, you know, he's played tack, he started tackle, and then he does have guard qualities to him. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, my goodness, like to get a guy like that, I, I was, I was jumping around in my house yelling, <laughs> you know, you know, yes, we got him. So yeah. One guy that I, that popped to me on the roster in quarterback is normally the the highlight of the discussion, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, and we haven't even talked about him yet, so that's that says <laughs> something about how good this event is, right? We had Katie talking about quarterbacks. Yeah. So, uh, but Theo Day was a guy that you know I was yep. really interested in coming into the year at yep. uh, Northern Iowa transfer from Michigan State. Yep. He, you guys got the opportunity to bring him in. I mean, he measured in pretty darn well. Yep. Six five. I gotta look again. Two thirty one. Six five two forty one. Ah, I was ten pounds off. All yeah, right. almost ten inch hands. So, yeah. you know, all those good, all the good measurables that you want in a quarterback. And so my, my question is a two part is how, what was the, you know, the sort of consensus around day, not just in your room, but what you heard from the event. And then the other question is, is there somebody, maybe a couple guys that we haven't mentioned yet that you think should be mentioned? How much time do you have left? Oh, as long as you want to go, man. I uh, know, no, I know he said a half an hour, but, psh, <laughs> you know, hey, we're talking CGS now. So, yeah. So, um, you know, starting off with Theo Day, big, strong quarterback, you know, his experience at Michigan State. I thought he had a live arm, strong arm, you know, great kid as well. Um, had, had, had the experience and, you know, playing at Northern Iowa, which is a, a fantastic program at the FCS mm-hmm. level, too. And they have talent abodes there. Um, you know, just the ability to play, you know, high-level competition in Michigan State, then Northern Iowa, you know, you saw the traits there, you know, being able to stay in the in the pocket, make the tough throws, and then with that strong arm as well. Now, guys who have stood out also stood out at CGS. Let me bring up my list here. Since you're giving me the floor, I thought Cade Peterson, quarterback from Grand Valley mm-hmm. State, uh, performed well. Um, Rocky Lombardi, Northern Illinois, is a the quarterback there. Um, going down, you know, talking about the O-line, you want to talk about a, a freak, um, in my opinion, is Taheem Cobb at Bemidji State. He's a Gene Upshaw Award finalist, which is goes to the top uh, offensive line, I think defensive line, I think offensive line at the lower levels. Just reading you his stat line, 602-3287, a little undersized, 10 and a quarter hands, 34-inch arms, 
81 wingspan. What what is their what is Bemidji State's uh, nutrition program look like? <laughs> <laughs> that would be my first question. Can we fill this frame in a little bit here, guys? Uh, you know, but he the kid can play. He's a four time All American, so I, I like the kid can play. Uh, he'll probably have. He was a tackle at the D two level, but he's probably going to have to move more likely going to have to move inside. But look at those measurements. I mean, that, there's a reason the the kid's getting looked at the next level. Um, you know. Mike Navinsky from Kansas, another one of the guys you're like, oh, man, how do we get him? The kid can play. I mean, he's big, physical, uh, in one-on-one drills. I mean, was getting after it. Love love what he brought to the table. Um, I, m- I mentioned Theo Bennett uh, from British Columbia, good size. Was at the Shrine Bowl last year, went back to school. Had 20 NFL teams come visit him during the season. And for a Canadian prospect, that's incredible. That's, 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 <laughs> that's incredible. That's incredible. Um, you know, so that's a name you want to keep an eye on. Uh, Grant Smith from South Dakota of the Mines, huge guard. Uh, he, uh, Duke Mannyweather, uh, a renowned offensive line trainer, reached out to me. He goes, you got to take a look at this guy. And I am so thankful that Duke recommended him because he was – Phenomenal. He was on the Shrine 1000, you know, that, that type of deal going this season, but like that type of caliber. Um, going down the list here, I like Bradley Ashmore from Vanderbilt. Um, you know, good qualities, sound player, great size. Chaz Neal, who's actually the cousin of uh, Evan Neal with the Giants, mm-hmm. was at the event measuring it at 607. Hold on. I want to tell you the wrong thing here. 6076, 317, 34 and a half arms, 81 and three quarter wingspan. So, um, and then I'm surprised that I forgot to mention this. Let's talk about Bray Walker's measurements from Texas State. My man is put together. Uh, former five star with Oklahoma, measured in at 6061, 384. And I know what you're probably thinking like, oh man, 384. He is put together at 384 and like just a mountain of a human being and um, nine, seven, eight hands, 34 and a half inch arms. And I had 85 and three quarter wingspan and Bray's a big, big guard. And, you know, it, he can fight in a phone booth, play in a phone booth if needed, but you know, uh, that's a mountain of a human being. And, you know, I love what the new Texas state staff with uh, coach Kenny is doing. Uh, we had a couple of their guys there uh, go to the receivers. John Giles from West Florida had an 81 wingspan, like uh, and 10 inch hands. Uh, Kyle sheets from slippy rock. So, uh, let me find it. Kyle sheets. Who's an all American had 17 receiving touchdowns at the D2 level. 6026, 222. 31 5 eighths arm, 78 and a quarter wingspan. That's a big receiver. Um, you know, Justin Blazik from Wisconsin Platteville is an edge rusher, was on Bruce Feldman's freak list. Brian Vaughn's from Baylor, another, you know, edge rusher, had 83 wingspan. Um, we had three freak, freak list guys from Bruce Feldman's list. Uh, Justin Blazik, uh, Trevor Williams, uh, Burt Burton, and then Trevor Williams from San Diego. So, so I don't know how true it is. I don't know if you can attest to it or anything, but my I heard that because I did an FAU game this year. Yeah, I heard from their coaches that he leapt forty-seven inches vertically. Wow, um, I'm not, 
I that was a crazy number that was thrown at me, and I was like, I don't know if I believe this or not, but that's, uh, what, that's know, what they said. I, Hey, we'll we'll just have to see in the pro day circuit then. I, I because I <laughs> I have my man is a freak athlete. I will say that, but I did you say forty seven? Yeah, that's uh, what I was. That's what I said. I said forty seven. Wow. So um, there's they swear by it. I've I've never seen coaches more convicted of a crazy hey, measurement. Hey, like I, I I hope that's true. I mean, for him and then also CGS, you know. So that's that's great. Uh, just a couple more. Um, you know. Uh, we talked about the DBs. You, you hit it on the head. Sean Stevens from Ferris State had eight interceptions. Um, is also the cousin with Joey Porter Jr. as well. Mm. And um, you know, linebackers. We had a five-time All-American, uh, Tristan Wheeler from Richmond. So uh, just like let that sing. A uh, five-time first-team All-American. You know, um, Leo Lewin from Army, uh, tackling machine. Bo Richter had, I think, 13 TFLs or something like that. Kind of playing that edge role for them at Air Force. You know, love what he did there. Um, you know, going down the list. Aaron Brule from Michigan State, big linebacker, physical linebacker. It's another one of those, how did you get him? <laughs> Mississippi State, I remember when he was there before he went to Michigan State. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, Jamoy Hodge was a, a day before the event ad uh, from TCU, which – I was very happy with. So, you know, top to bottom, I, I loved our roster. I love the work our team did. And then, like, just, again, you mentioned it. You, we, we didn't get in the quarterbacks till late, how much depth of the roster was there. But, no, it was it was a great event. I'm going to take some time to rest a little bit, and then, you know, the, the wheels are going to get spinning here on, on next year's event. Now, I'm glad that you mentioned all the bloodlines. I, I think there's one more, too. Phoenix Sproles was there this year. Wide yes. Receiver. Oh, my gosh, yes. James Madison. Oh. Yep. yep. Is he the uh, cousin or is he the nephew of Darren's? I want to say he's the cousin of uh, Darren. Uh, he was at North Dakota State and then he transferred to James Madison and, you know, had a, a, had a really good year. Really productive. Yeah. Year. You know, so, um, you know, I, I I just saw the list, uh, my, my guy list here. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think after we get off this call, I'm going to find out. I'm like, oh my God, I left out 12. <laughs> And I'm, I'm going to bug you guys. I'm like, ah, here's 12 more. And they're like, and you're like, oh, my God. You know? Hey, hey, we'll just start the group chat now. Let's just get it going. Let's just start uh, like rolling. 15 you know? more, 15 more. Like, Mike, it's 2 a.m. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, no, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on today to talk about CGS, the great event that Jose Jefferson and Craig Red have created. And, you know, I'm blessed to be a part of, you know, and, uh, you know, um, like I said, I'm, I'm, we're all going to try to get some rest. And uh, uh, someone, when someone was asking me, "Are you going to do any more traveling?" I'm like, "No, I'm I'm going to be staying home for a while, so I'm uh, I'm going to enjoy it with my family." Absolutely, and thank you so much, Mike, for coming on with us. Oh, Appreciate it again. tremendously. Uh, is there where can people find your work, and where can people keep up with the CGS? Yeah, CGS is on Twitter at CGS All Star, then all on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm on. All those as well. You can find me at Mike Ritt CGS on Twitter or X, whatever you call it now. And then at Mike Riddleman on Instagram. Would love to connect with everyone. Um, love talking ball, you know. And then, like I said, you guys are more than welcome to come down to CGS next year. Love having media down there. Um, and then, uh, you know, we'll get the process here going here soon. Hey, we got to have a talk with Sammy and AC about that, don't we, Mark? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks absolutely. a lot mike yeah we appreciate you tremendously and uh yeah, yeah we'll definitely keep in touch 
Absolutely. Hey, thanks again, guys. Have a good one. Mike Riddleman and uh, Mark. Um, it's a good. It's a really great event that they do down there in Fort Worth. Um, you got any final comments or anything that you want to get into? I'm just so excited he gave us that list, you know, because obviously you have so many guys at a game. It's a lot of guys to go through. And then he just kind of lays them out like that. Hey, here's like, you know, 20 guys that you really need to know from the event who really stood out. And it makes our job a little bit easier if we're going to go back and say, hmm, you know, who should we be looking at? Because obviously some guys, they might not necessarily, you know, maybe, maybe I don't know what percentage it would be, but some guys aren't going to make it. But whatever you can do to kind of shorten that list and go, okay, here's who NFL scouts are going to be hearing about, who they're probably going to be focusing on that sort of thing. I think that helps a lot. And two, I just love getting to pick Mike's brain. Obviously, you know, trying to direct an all-star game is a big, big task. And so trying to take those little things of, hey, what are you looking for in terms of the 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 data in terms of like tracking football, for instance? It's a huge, huge asset for all these all-star games because they don't have those verified uh, measurements, right? Like some of them, it's you don't you might have the height weight or something like that, but you might not necessarily have, hey, this guy's going to run 4-4. This guy's going to run 4-5. Stuff like the tracking football kind of gives you an idea into what type of athlete you're bringing. Absolutely. Well, guys, this has been another episode of the Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel. For Mark Jarvis, I'm John Vogel, and we're going to go ahead and take it out of here. Shane, wrap us up. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.